Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Good morning. Good to see everyone here. Hallelujah. Well, Wednesday night, we watched a video about Jesse Duplantis. If you don't know who Jesse is, he's a pastor from Louisiana. He's a traveling ministry. He's been been in the ministry for a long time. And he talked about in 1988, God took him to heaven. And one of the main points that God, that Jesus, when he was talking to Jesus, Jesus said, go back and tell my people I'm coming soon. He said, they know that, Lord. And Jesus got firm with them and said, no, they don't. It's like we know it, but we don't know it. He said, go tell them I'm coming back soon. That was 35 years ago. And people, you know, the Apostle Peter, this is what the Apostle Peter wrote. Know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, falling after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. Yeah, 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 Pastor, I know, you've been saying it, and you've been saying it, you've been saying it. Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Well, guess what, church? Jesus is coming. And we're... And we are 2,000 years closer than they were when Peter wrote this. So, you know what? It's the time to heed that scripture in Hebrews. It says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And, and all the more so when you see the day approaching. The day is approaching. It's been 35 years since Jesus told me that. And I don't know when he's coming, but... It, I'd love to see it in my lifetime. I don't know that it will. I don't have, I've got some years left, but not as many as some. But we know it's the last days because in Daniel it says, in the, end time, in the last days, this is a scripture that's been, that I've had in my heart for decades. I, don't, I can't remember when God showed it to me, when it became real to me, it became real to me. Years and years and years ago, in Daniel, in Daniel chapter twelve, in verse four, just as I might have read, it, I might have read it in Hal Lindsey's book, The Late Great Planet Earth. But it says, "But as for you, Daniel, conceal these words, and and seal up the book until the end of time." Listen, many the, the end of time. This so he kind of defines the end of time. Many will go to back. Many will go to and fro, and knowledge will increase. Many will go to and fro, and knowledge will increase. You know, I was just thinking. This is my message, by the way. I got a whole another one. So, just hang in there. I'll, we should be out of here by two. <laughs> I had this thought. People travel basically the same way. 
in the, seven, in the early 1700s as they did 1700 years before Christ. They still traveled by a horse-drawn carriage. They still plowed with animals, somebody walking behind some animals. I mean, very, very, very little change in thousands of years. And then all of a sudden, boom. In the 1700s, the Industrial Revolution started with the invention of the steam engine. And into the 1800s. And it just, and it, knowledge just exploded. I don't, when, you, when you look back, it's like it's amazing what has happened. What's happened in my lifetime? I mean, the, you know, the right, uh, forgive me, this, 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 I just need to, yeah, my wife says, just do it. <laughs> the Wright brothers' first flight was when? 1903. By 1940s, we had jets. And by the 19, late 1960s, we had somebody on the moon. Come on, give me a break. Knowledge is increasing tremendously. Knowledge in science and medicine and in all, all fields. Knowledge has exploded. And now, check this out. Where's that figure? Air traffic control. How many, how, how many flights do you think are controlled? by air traffic controllers in the United States every day? 45,000. 45,000 flights a day. 2.9 million people travel every single day in the United States. 115,000 flights worldwide. It's amazing. Tell me, people are, people are going to and fro, and knowledge is increasing. It's the end times. Computers, satellites. I mean... Here we go, here we go. This old man going to tell me, you're back when I was young. <laughs> I remember flying. When you, when you get off the airplane, one of the first things you see is a, is a whole bank of telephones on a wall somewhere in the, in, the airplane, in the airport terminal. Why? So you could call someone and tell them you're here and to come pick me up or call a cab or something. You didn't have cell phones. You didn't have credit cards. How many remember when cars had no power windows, no power seats, no air conditioning, and no automatic transmissions? I mean, I know, yeah, uh, it's amazing to me what, 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 what's happening in my lifetime. In 1977, two spacecrafts were launched from Cape Canaveral. Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. They're flying. They've been flying through space for decades. Those, those, those satellites, those, those, those objects had computers on them with 70 kilobytes of memory. If you have an iPhone 15 today, you got over 7 million more times of, of memory in your iPhone than on Voyager. Over seven million. In, in, the, in your hand. The computer, when I, when I, I got a job in 19, what was it, honey, 19, I worked for Heels. 1965, something like that. I was working in a, in a, in a big factory that made machine parts. And I was working in the computer department. They had an IBM computer. I, 
I forget the model. <clears throat> but the mainframe of that computer was an iron box full of vacuum tubes. It was probably six feet long by four feet wide by about six feet high. That was the mainframe. Now, that's, that's a little bit bigger than your laptop. <laughs> and we, were, we worked with punch cards and collators and sorters. And look where we've come. The computers and the internet have, have revolutionized the, the planet. We're in a whole different place. So I'm just convinced we're, we're, we're very close to the end. So hang in there. Stay close to God. Because we don't know what's going to happen. The Bible, see, the one scripture also that kind of keeps me uh, on my toes is where it says he's going he's to be coming at a time when you don't expect him. Just like 9-11, we didn't expect it. Pearl Harbor, we didn't expect it. This what's going on in Israel, they didn't expect it. Jesus is coming at a time when we don't expect him, so just be ready. Just be ready, get ready and stay ready. We'll all go together and have a good time. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. All right, I'm just give me a few more minutes. I got, I got one other thing I need to do. One other, one other exhortation. Luke chapter 10. It's going to get, it's, I just feel it's going, to get, it's going to get ugly before it gets better, but it's all right. We're on the, we're on the right side, folks. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. If you have a King James, an original King James, King James says, Martha was cumbered about much serving. Cumbered means to be distracted. The NIV, the New King James, New Americans, they all say distract. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to do all the serving? Then he, then he tell her, then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Distractions. First Thessalonians 2.18, the Apostle Paul said, we wanted to come to you more than once, to the church of Thessalonica, we wanted, we wanted to come to you more than once, but Satan hindered us. And the Apostle Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. There's a spiritual battle going on to keep you and to keep me and to keep all the, all the people in the book from being, from being all that God's called them to be. And one of the main things, see, the devil, the devil knows that he can't get most Christians into sin. So what is, he, what is one of the principal tactics of the enemy to keep us weak, to keep us shallow in our walk with God? Distractions. Just keep people distracted. Just get them doing something else. 
not, not, not necessarily something sinful, but just get them busy doing something else and so they don't have time to pray, they don't have time to go to church, they don't have time to read their Bibles, they don't have time. They, they're just kind of floating along, waiting for the Lord to come back. Distractions. This, this to me, is a biggie because it's been, it's been a weakness in my life that I've struggled with. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm always distracted. I never pray. I'm not saying that. But, it's, but I've, I've, I've had to fight it over the years. I always have to fight being distracted. If I wake up in the middle of the night, I know I, instead of praying, my mind says, open your computer and check the weather. Well, I know that if I open my computer and check the weather, I'm going to see something else is going to catch my attention. Some news article, and I'm going to go there. Then I'll go somewhere else, and I'll go somewhere else, and I'll go somewhere Then it'll be two hours, and I'm, t- I'm dead tired. I want to go back to bed, and I haven't prayed. I mean, that, that happens occasionally. You know, some old, some old 1960s song will pop into my head. And I said, I, I got I to fight it. I, I'm not, and I'm not going to tell you what it is because it'll get in your head and you have to be fighting for the next two days. But God, he wants to just keep us, what's a distraction? Just takes you off in a direction you don't need to go. It's, it caused us to waste time. What's one of the greatest time wasters we all have? It's right in your pocket, in your purse. But you know what my phone is right now? It's home, being lonely, <laughs> wanting, waiting for me to come and take it out somewhere. Listen, one of the greatest, uh, this, isn't, this isn't the only distraction, but one of the greatest distractions we have today. It's also one of the greatest benefits we have. It's wonderful to be in contact. But I remember when you, when you weren't in contact, and you can go somewhere and be actually be left alone. Listen to this. Where's that? 53% of people said they'd rather lose their sense of smell than their cell phone. And distra- dis- distractions are not, are not just in the spiritual realm. They're also in the natural realm. They did a survey. 25% of people said that while they're at work, supposed, supposed to be working, they spend a, at least an hour a day on private telephone calls, text messages, and all, while they're at work. It's, it, it, I, one of the, there was a, I forget who it was, but there was an executive of some large corporation that said, cell phones are robbing us of more productivity than anything else. Why? Distracted. People, they, you know, they, they can't, they can't sit there at work and not check their phone. People, they're just tempted to, they're tempted to check their phone every two minutes. Distractions. 25% of all car accidents happen because people are on their cell phones, texting while they're driving, distracted. Somebody fell into the Grand Canyon and died trying to take a selfie. I mean, it's like... Oh, if I just step back just a little bit more, it'll look better. All kinds of things. The devil wants to get our attention on anything else besides what God wants. I mean, is this? I don't have to keep going on and on and on. I just want I just want every one of us to kind of look at our lives and say, "Is there anything that's keeping me from God's best?" 
doesn't have, it's not necessarily sinful. Just got you just get you doing something else. Did you know that more people own cell phones than own toothbrushes? <laughs> I read that somewhere. <laughs> really, it's the truth. I I like I like fun facts. They kind of grab my attention. They, they get me going in a different direction. Yeah, I said I said to my wife. I said to my wife today, we got to figure out some way that in the middle of my message I can get distracted and just go off and start doing something. So, oh, well, I'll be right back. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying is true. This is a time to be close to God. See, I'm surprised when I said. 25% of all car accidents are caused by people texting that someone didn't take off their phone and check up on it. <laughs> I got nothing against cell phones. They're, they're a tremendous aid. We get everything on it. We get our lives on there. Our appointments, our grocery lists, our emails. I mean, it's, 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 like, it's like this wonderful connection in, in our hand. We have to be careful that we don't get all tied up in everything else and not, and not stay real close to God. This is a time to stay close to God. Do not take your cell phone in when you pray. Put it someplace and leave it alone. You won't die. <laughs> you know, we, we get like spiritual ADD. We can't go two minutes in prayer without, oh, I'll just check my phone and I'll put it down and I'll pray some more. Get along with God. This is a, I, I just feel that days are coming when the greatest thing we can do for ourselves is be close to God. Amen. So just kind of take stock of your life and say, how much time does, do I end up wasting? God, I, it's, it's, it's been another thing with me. You know, I kick myself sometimes because I feel like Ah, I just wasted a day or so. I just did nothing today. I've got some things I need to get done. I just, I, I just got lazy and didn't do them. God loves us. God wants to be close to us. Draw close to God, the Bible says, and he'll draw close to you. The initial step is ours. Remember what it says in Revelations? Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. I'm knocking on the door of your heart. But if anyone hears and opens the door, Jesus is not coming through until we open it. So it's up to us to, to draw close to God. It's up to us to open the door. To say, Jesus, you're welcome. I'm going to go spend some time with you. I saw a, a, a cartoon. I forget where I saw it now. But you know, you, you've been, you, ever, you ever see, like in a movie, someone's in jail and someone's visiting them and there's this glass and they're sitting on each side and they're talking on the phone. Well, on this cartoon, the one, the one on the one side had a cell phone and the one on the other side had, and they were texting back and forth instead of talking. So just be, just be aware of distractions in your life. God wants us to be close to him. God wants, to love, God wants us to love him with all of our heart. God made us to, to need interaction. And I tell you, I don't, 
I'll, I'll sign off with this. I don't want an emoji kiss on my phone for my wife. I want the real thing. <laughs> you know what God wants? God wants the real thing. Father, help us to be hungry for you. Do not get distracted from our relationship with you. To desire you more, Lord, than our very life. I pray for a hunger, a fresh hunger to rise within every one of us. For a deeper, closer relationship with you. That we would sense your presence in our life. Strong. That your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us into all the truth. I thank you, Lord, for everyone here. Watch over them, protect them. You said in your word, Lord, you, your angels of God surround and protect those that fear you and delivers them. Surround them, Lord, protect them, deliver them as they live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.